On this episode, I'm going to go over the do's and do nots of artificial intelligence. We've talked a lot about on this show about why you shouldn't utilize or how you shouldn't utilize artificial intelligence and giving you the dangers around it. Today, I'm going to break down, I'll say my official ways that you should implement AI and how it can benefit your business. That'll be on the other side. of our lives inside either in traffic at work or close eye how about we all agree that it's way overdue to take back our lives Welcome into the Work Wherever Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about artificial intelligence, automation, the ability to work wherever so you can live every day like it is Saturday. And today we got a good one. Well, at least I think we got a good one. It is me by myself. This is a Roy's Rant episode. The three other flavors we have are the hot spots. That's where Sydney and I go through the internet and we take out articles that are trending. We break them down, make fun of them, laugh about it, or tell you the political... Uh, ramifications i guess we also then have traditional interview format that's like you see on every other podcast then we have homegrown homegrown's with Haley, my wife that's where we go over it's more of a lifestyle uh podcast where we talk about homeschooling traveling things with the family that the work wherever lifestyle has uh, benefited for us so on today's episode we're going to talk about how to implement artificial intelligence effectively within a business so before i get into that why do you want artificial intelligence? We've seen a lot of things out there. We've seen a lot of different bots out there that claim to save you time, claim to save you money, claim to do all sorts of different things for you. But what? why would you really want it? So any technology, when implementing any sort of technology, I don't care if it's a CRM, ERP, which a CRM is a what is a client relationship management, ERP. I don't know what ERP stands for, but it has something to do with uh, accounting. I'm not, I don't do much with ERPs, but ERPs are accounting software, so, uh, essentially. And so why would you want a CRM, ERP, artificial intelligence? Why would you want to implement automation? Why can't we just do business the way that we've always been done? Great question. The only reason why you should look at implementing artificial intelligence, the only reason why you should look to implement any sort of technology would be to better your business, to make things quicker, better, faster. For either yourself, as in your employees, or for your customer base. That's it. Those are the only two reasons. It's not to look fancy. It's not to keep up with the Joneses. It's not for any sort of trend. It is to make your business more efficient for either a better experience for your employees or for your customers. That's it. That's the only two reasons. Okay? So once we've made it past that, you're saying, you know what? I, do, I know that there's technology out there. I know that there are things out there that I can do to make my business better for either my employees or for my customer base. I know that they're out there. 
I know that we're doing things pen and paper. We're we're not doing things very efficiently. Things are getting lost. Things are uh, missing through the through the cracks. We we don't have a strong hold on our finances, our reportings, our projects. There we don't have reports. We don't have uh, you know business intelligence. We don't have a, a strong hold on our data. I don't know how much we're spending per ad. I don't know how much we're spending per uh, transaction. I don't know what the cost of of uh, of one of my uh, new clients is cost of getting a new client. I don't know the cost of losing a client. I, these are the things that you don't know and don't understand. And the only way that you can know and understand those things is through analyzing the trends. Have those things been tracked previous to technology? Yeah. Have those types of measurements and metrics existed prior to Power BI? Of course. So this isn't something that's new to modern business. Okay, businesses have been tracking MRR, monthly recurring revenue, and cost of clients, cost of losing a client. They've been tracking this for since business has existed. So what is so different about the intelligence behind it? Well, the intelligence can help you project through your trends. It can take a look at the trends. You can, you can fine-tune your information, and you can do it rapidly. That is a plus. And that's really one of the only pluses of intelligence, business intelligence and artificial intelligence that we have in today's day. And so do we use business intelligence as an organization? Yeah, absolutely we use business intelligence as an organization. And I do it for a couple different ways that I'll get into later on in this podcast. But if you don't have, if you don't see a problem with your business, don't innovate for the sake of innovating. I know my innovators out there if you guys have taken the pod, uh, the uh, the quiz, personality quiz, and you're like, "Well, I'm an innovator, Roy. I'm gonna push the push the envelope." Cool, man. Keep doing that. Like, nobody's gonna t tell you not to do that. You might get yourself into some trouble. You might have some consultants tell you to slow down. But all in all, pushing the envelope is not necessarily a bad thing. Just like for my laggards out there who are afraid of getting off a of pen and paper, that's not necessarily a bad thing ever either. That's okay too. It's okay to do business on pen and paper. It's okay not to do artificial intelligence. Okay not to have automation. It's okay not to have an ERP or a CRM system. It's okay not to have these things. So long as you have a system. You need a system. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to have technology. You don't have to have robots serving you up things. None of that is really important. What is important is that you have a system, that you have a standard operating procedure, and you have a way of doing things that you can point to and say, this is the way we do it. This is it. Get with us. And that it's easy to understand. It has to be easy to understand. If your employees don't know how to do it, they don't understand the steps, it's not clearly mapped out, then that's step one. You need to, you need, before you even talk about artificial intelligence, before you even talk about automation, before you even go anywhere else, get a process, get something mapped out. Now, if you want to go to the, the total SOP route and you want to do, uh, you know, pen and paper, then do it. I like to do things not automated before I turn them in automation. I like to do a Word document or an Excel sheet. I like to do those things, play it through, run through the overall process that we capture in Microsoft Visio. That's how we do it. Now, you could do it on a pen and paper, just drawing squares and diamonds and circles and arrows that mean different things. That works, too. No, nobody should tell you, nobody should sit down with your business and tell you this is the way you have to do things because that's just a flat-out lie. There is no singular way of doing business. Outside of paying taxes, 
<laughs> there is no real and the laws associated with uh, running a business. There is no real single way to to operate a business. So, artificial intelligence technology. You've now come to the realization that you believe that you can do things quicker, better, faster through the implementation of automation and artificial intelligence. Well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show. So the first step you need to do, like I said, before you got here, you need to write out your processes. Write them out. Simply draw them. Okay. Once you have those processes drawn out, what if you were doing business with me? The way that we would tell you to go about it is we would say to write out a standard operating procedure and work instructions to support that SOP. So you have the SOP. That's your overall process. It's the high-level outline. goes over what it is that you're supposed to be accomplished. You have the work instructions. Work instructions are supporting documents of the SOP that tell you exactly how to do said process. Click here, do this, do that, talk to this person, do that. That's a work instruction that supports your SOP. Then, it, like I said, if you're doing business with me and we're helping you through this process, we're going to build a Rossi for you. Rossi is an Excel sheet table. You have each step on one side of the Excel sheet. You have the steps parent steps and sub-steps, all written out in an Excel sheet. And then you have responsible, accountable, consulted, and informed. R-A-C-I, Rossi. That's what a Rossi is. It's at which steps and at which phases in the process who is responsible, who's accountable, who is consulted, and who's informed. That's it. Don't overcomplicate it, and you do it for every single process. So now, at this point, you should have a process map drawn out, hopefully in Microsoft Visio. If you drew it on a piece of paper, that works too. I like Visio. Then you have a Rossi diagram. A Rossi diagram is typically done in Excel. That's how we do it. Then you have an SOP and multiple work instructions supporting that SOP. We do those in Word. When we're done with them and they're approved, we publish them to PDF. We house them in Microsoft SharePoint or Microsoft Teams environment where people can go and look at them at any point in time. I've also seen people create a OneNote, and that OneNote, then you can uh, click through the OneNote, and it has different information. You click on it, and it brings you up the, the SOP linked there. That works too. There's no right or wrong answer here. Get creative. Just make sure they're easy to find and people know where to look. Okay, Our documentation is complete. Now... If you don't have any of that, maybe we'll do a whole podcast on how to get to, to that point. But right now, we're going to go over artificial intelligence because that seems to be the prettiest girl at the ball these days. Everybody wants to talk about artificial intelligence or AI. Everybody wants to talk about – I mean, here, here's the thing. I Two years ago, I was at a networking event, and somebody asked me what I did, and I said, I do robotic process automation. And they had no idea what it is. They said, what, what the hell is that? You build robots? No. I don't do I don't build robots. I do robotic process automation, meaning a machine carries an carries out an action for me. That's robotic process automation. I tell a bot to do something or a, or a system and it carries out the task. The it's typically administrative tasks. That's robotic process automation. I've been doing it for over a decade built some badass systems for the federal government, the military. Some of the things that I have built have hopefully <laughs> saved the taxpayers millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars. That's what I do. So do I do I contract to the 
the federal government? Yeah. Do I talk about how am I a libertarian? And yeah, I'm a libertarian. But my political views of being a libertarian and believing that we should spend less as a as a government directly correlate with what it is that I do professionally. I save the taxpayer money or I save businesses money through process automation, through reducing the amount of time it takes to carry out a process. That's my whole that's my whole gig. That's my whole thing. And then when it comes to a small business or an individual and you're utilizing business uh, robotic process automation or business pro process automation or just pro process automation in your daily lives, it's to save you time in doing something. There's a really good book. I've referenced it quite a few times on this show called The 4-Hour Workweek. It's you are physically making decisions for four hours in a week, a whole week. The rest of the time, you are delegating to either a human or, or a robot. A robot. Artificial intelligence. Now, here is the huge asterisk of the day. Okay? This robot, this artificial intelligence, should not be ChatGPT. That's the huge asterisk in the room. Now, I know what you're saying. Why shouldn't I totally offload my entire business to ChatGPT? Seems really smart. Has great reviews. People love it. So why not? ChatGPT knows nothing about your business. It wasn't built for your business. It, it is not there for your business. It is a tool that your business can use and utilize it. But if you rely on ChatGPT, something that knows nothing about your business, it might know the high, high workings of your business, as in like, what it reads on the internet in terms of blogs, but it does not understand your business. And that's where you'll fail. And that's where you're going to see a lot of businesses fail over the next 6, 18, 24 months. Businesses who are going to lay off humans that actually understand processes, rely on robots who don't understand the processes, and then their business is going to slowly, slowly crumble. And they're not going to know what's going on. They're going to, what's this, the, the systems that we built, the robots that we brought in the bots, and they were, their errors were so, their percentage of error was so, no. You're screwing it all up. Because it's not simply A to B. That's not how business is done. Real business has multiple variables. And human experience will beat a robot every single day of the week when multiple variables exist, especially the unknown. Robots and artificial intelligence can only do what they have been trained to do. So if you tell it, hey, hey, Mr. Robot, what's two plus two? It will give you four, no errors. It will have less of an error rate than you or I in doing that 100 times out of 100. There's a clear, everything is clearly known. There are no unknown variables. But how many times have you been doing business or doing anything where there are no unknown variables. Every day. Every problem. Constant. So how do we utilize artificial intelligence and AI so we don't completely ruin our business? Huh? If you're with me. Oh, Roy, I can't, I can't totally offload uh, people. I can't get rid of my human capital. I can't totally just uh, turn everything over to the robots. First off, thank you for coming to this realization. But here's what you need to do, okay? So now you have your processes and you're ready, okay? You've mapped everything out. The first thing you want to do is you want to start small. 
You want to automate very small things in chunks. You don't want to go and try and automate your entire process to start. Start with, I like to start with emails, notifications, and information pulling. Meaning get your humans as much information as possible. Whether it be a notification that they have an action to take, they have something they need to approve, or they have some sort of uh, human decision that needs to be made on the, the information. That's step one in terms of automation, baseline automation. Okay? So I have a process being started up. I'm going to input some sort of data, or I'm going to have a database somewhere. I input the data as to whose action is to be taken next. A notification goes out, an email or a Teams message or, or some, something along those sorts as to whose action is it. What type of document is this? This is a travel document and it needs to go to, to accounting. This is a uh, time off award or time off request that needs to go to HR This is or to the manager, then to HR. This is a insert whatever it is. That's, that is, that's step one. Just email notifications, simple notifications, approval buttons, yes, no. In fact, you guys are probably already using this in some form or fashion with your timekeeping systems. A lot of timekeeping systems out there will, when if you take off leave, your manager will get notified. You might get an email that says, hey, so-and-so is requesting leave. It's a very simplistic baseline automation tool uh, or, or process to implement in a phase one. I highly recommend you do that. All of you are probably at that point where you can start the process of automating simple mundane tasks like that. That might take you, uh, I, I'll tell you what, when I was a federal employee, our process of leave and timekeeping was all printed. And they had to physically walk it down the hall to an admin and that admin had to compile them and then hand them to the manager and the manager had to physically, it was disastrous. And then the, the human had to check the printed Excel sheets and put them into a whole other system. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Hopefully you guys aren't doing that. And if you are, automate that. It, it wouldn't be hard. Even you're just building a power app where maybe you do want to keep it in Excel for God knows whatever reason. You upload the data into a power app. You upload the Excel sheet into a power app. It pulls information out of the Power App, automates it, puts it into the system, and then pulls up a Power BI that says, hey, here's everybody's leave. Simple. That's what we're talking about first, as the first step of automation. So your first ways that you can implement automation and artificial intelligence is to notifications. Get those notifications out there. Email, Microsoft Teams, whatever type of notifications you want, get them pumping. That's the first one, first level. I'll give you three. The second way that you do it is to cross-check information. So I did a podcast where we said that we have had this human-centric design flaw where instead of, instead of keeping humans in the center of what's going on, we've removed humans and put technology in the center, and, and that's a huge mistake, right? So with research, research should not necessarily be done and relied on through the artificial intelligence because the artificial intelligence will go pull you information, sure, but that should just be resources for you to do actually continue your re your research and your um, whatever it is that you're trying to get accomplished. So if you ask ChatGPT or you ask Bing or you ask 
uh, an internal uh, artificial intelligence. Maybe you build your own through Power Virtual Agent or something like that, which I do highly recommend you guys go check that out. It's really cool. Pulling that stuff, getting that sent to you, should not be the end of the, the discussion. That should be the beginning. It should be treated like the Internet. For those of us who, who used to learn how to, to research things, we would go and we'd look things up with the flashcards and we'd go see where, where it was. And then we would look it up. We would gather the facts and make an informed decision. That's how you use artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence should not be making the decision. It should be presenting you with information. Preferably fact, but we know that whoever controls the data controls the truth. So, so oftentimes you're not going to get truth from artificial intelligence. You're going to get somebody's version of truth, but... It's not your truth. It's somebody's version of truth. It's just information. In fact, if you ask a bot the same question multiple different ways, you'll probably get multiple different answers. I saw, I got sent something the other day. Uh, it was uh, artificial intelligence had created salmon in a river. Now, the human brain goes to salmon, the fish, jumping in a river. Artificial intelligence grabbed salmon fillets, the food that you would get out of the grocery store, and had those fillets in the water, in the river. Is it wrong? No, that is salmon. It might not be the fish, like the full body of the fish, but it's a part of the fish cut up. Ridiculous, but it's not wrong. Doesn't mean that it's right. That's what you're getting out of artificial intelligence. It's going and grabbing something that it perceives to be correct and putting it together. Whether it is real or true is totally irrelevant. And it won't know until it has had human intervention to say, yes, this is correct, tens of thousands of times. At least. That means somebody has to ask it to draw salmon in a river 10,000 times for it to actually get there. So, be careful when you're doing your research. That's that's the that's that's the second part of this, okay? So, you should be building out automation and artificial intelligence to grab you resources, whether it is on the web, whether it is internal processes and information, which you guys should be building a database of key historical knowledge, SOPs, work instructions, trainings, uh Common break fixes. If you're in the IT world, what we do is we have a we're building out this database. We've been building it out for years of common fixes. How to do something? Somebody has a an error and they need it fixed. Okay, well we have these articles, these resources, and then we can have a an artificial intelligence that we build in Power Virtual Agent to say how do I reset a password? How do I fix a uh, a, a locked device? And our bot that we've created, that we have said what the true answer is, will then go and retrieve it for us. See what I'm saying? That's how you build an effective artificial intelligence for your business, not all business. You, you asking ChatGPT what the answer is is going to give you the answer that it perceives to be correct by somebody else's limited knowledge. And if that's okay for you, then go for it. It's going to be wrong, and you're going to get screwed. But good luck. If you want to pull common information, you want to pull 
Easter eggs out of the internet, then use your artificial intelligence, ChatGPT. If you want to get something right and pull systems and processes and information out of your own business, then build your own bot. I say through virtual agent. They're running a free trial right now for a virtual agent where you can have it. They, they say 30 days. I've had it for a, like two years building the same bots. So I don't know when they are going to kick me off this free trial, but you can build a pretty badass bot for next to nothing in Microsoft. Okay, so step one, eliminate mundane tasks. Save you some time and probably some money too. Step two, accelerate your research and information exchange. Step three is to track your resources, tracking things. Pulling out big data information. It would take you hours to go through databases, to go through forums, to go through information data to pull out and get the appropriate equations of things. You know, how many, what's our percentage of clothes over the last 10 years? This type of thing. That would take weeks, maybe a month, for somebody to go back, do the research, go, all, go through all these things, go through the process, and then build a, uh, a report in like pivot table, Excel, or something like that. So don't do that. Grab as many APIs, okay, which is data, data feeds. Get as much data as you can, and then begin the process of automation and artificial intelligence through business intelligence through things like Power BI. Because Power BI, when done correctly, can tell you that. It can tell you percentages of, of historical value. It can tell you down to the dollar how much you're spending on certain things. If you're doing profit first, which I know a lot of you listening out there are doing profit first, we do profit first as an organization, I can narrow these things down. I can say, assuming that my booking has been tagged correctly, which I believe it has. We have a great bookkeeper. I can say, how much have we spent on X, Y, and Z over the last four years? And it'll go show. Okay, show me the trends. Okay, now what percentage of it? Okay, what's our, what's our biggest quarter of spend on these things? And it'll lay it all out. I can tell you exactly with high level of confidence what our best quarter every single year is historically over the last seven years. By the way, it is the summer. It is Q2, Q3, depending on which calendar you you fall on. Or, or Q4. Depending on if you're following the federal calendar or if you're following the uh, traditional calendar. The summer. The summer is our best time of the year. I can tell you exactly how much money we've brought in over the last seven years. I can tell you the trends. I can show you the lines. I can show you from when we went profitable to break even every single year. I can, sh I can show you every single thing down to the dollar amount, down to the day of the year when we anticipate it happening every year. And that's not something that is like I was able to do year one. That's through historical data. That's through big data. That's through repetition. That's through multiple years, multiple data sets, also are known as big data. And we control our big data. We have it all fed through. So that is the next, that's the third way that you can effectively utilize automation and artificial intelligence is through controlling your own data and querying your own data. These are all, notice every single example that I gave to you today are all around the human. Getting the human the most information. Getting the human to a point of decision. Getting the human to a point of action. Not a bot, 
Did I say, hey, ask the bot? This is what pisses me off these days. Is so many people will be like, go ask the bot what to say. Go ask the bot what to do. Go ask the bot to write a blog article for you. Go ask the bot to do X, Y, and Z. Don't ask the bot to do anything of, of real important decision, that is. Ask the bot for data. Ask the bot for information so you can make a decision. Don't get off the hook. Don't try and, and put your responsibility onto a computer, onto a robot, because as soon as you do, that robot will take your job. And then we're all Skynet. Well, guys, hope you hope you like the show. If you do enjoy the show, if you got anything out of it, give me a like and a share. I don't run ads. I don't ever plan to. Share it out. Invite your friends. We are... Thank you guys for listening because we are definitely uh, getting more and more listeners every episode every month, and I really greatly appreciate all of you. Thanks for following us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. All of our YouTube, um, all of our podcasts are posted to YouTube. You can also listen on iTunes and Spotify as well. Thanks for hanging out, guys. This is good work for the podcast. Until next time, see you. Well, guys, thanks so much for watching and or listening. We have had a great time. Hope you did, too. You can find all of the Work Wherever podcast episodes here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or all of your major streaming platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday. Make sure to follow us at Capital Presence on all social platforms to stay up to date with the things all Work Wherever related. See you next week.